everyone. Welcome to the Racing Writers Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Crandall. Julie Giese is my guest today. She is the president of Phoenix Raceway, and we're going to discuss the lead-up to the season finale here next week at Phoenix Raceway. And then after that, Julie is going to shift and take over the same responsibilities in Chicago as NASCAR gets ready to take the streets of Chicago in the summer of 2023. So we're going to cover Phoenix Raceway, Julie's responsibilities, what it's like to host the season finale, and then shifting to what is she looking forward to in Chicago, her responsibilities there, calming down the concerns and backlash over that event, and a little bit about Julie's background. We didn't have a ton of time to dig into all of that, but I hope you'll enjoy the conversation as we touch on the finale to come and what is new to come next year in NASCAR. Here is Julie Giese on the Racing Writers Podcast. Julie, welcome to the podcast. Excited to do this. Obviously, we are approaching Phoenix Championship Weekend very fast. So let's start and talk about Phoenix. These final weeks leading into race weekend, but it's championship race weekend. What's that like? What does that mean for you, the racetrack? What's going on in these last couple weeks? Uh, there's a lot going on, but it's fun. It's you say championship race week, I got uh, goosebumps again, just knowing that it's right around the corner uh, and we get to welcome our fans and the industry back to Phoenix Raceway. Uh, you know, anytime you get an opportunity to host a race weekend, it's special to be able to host our industry's championship is uh, incredibly special. And it's something that our team takes a ton of pride in. Um, we are very honored that we get to do that each year. And, you know, it's a lot of craziness, a lot of things that are going on, but it's a lot of fun too. I was just talking to somebody earlier today and the team's working a lot of hours right now and there's a lot going on, but you, you see a lot of laughter um, or you hear laughter out in the hallways, like everyone's having fun. Um, and I think the fact that we get to be part of it and it is, it's fun, right? It's, this is a key moment for our sport each year. So it's exciting. I can't wait to see our fans and welcome everybody back. Right. It's been 2020, so 2022, so this is three years. I'm terrible at math, so going on three years is the finale. As you said, that's exciting for Phoenix because, of course, you all went through that transformation, renovation with the racetrack, and it seems like it's been a fantastic atmosphere to hold championship weekend. But describe how championship weekend is different from just hosting race weekend because of course phoenix has the spring race very early in the year so it's probably not something a lot of people think about but how different is one race weekend in the beginning of the year to being the finale it's a lot different and um there's just a lot a lot more moving parts to the event not only are you uh, awarding trophies to race winners, you're crowning champions every day. Um, and on Friday, we'll do that twice. And I think there's just a lot of other elements that go into the week. It's not just race weekends. This is a week full of activities. You know, we're in a market and I say this a lot, but I, it's so true. We're in a market that knows how to put on big events and they put on big events really, really well. And they love putting on big events. And uh, that's a lot of fun because you know, already things are going up around the Valley to welcome the industry, to celebrate the fact that we are the home to NASCAR championship weekend. And so you, you know, there's just a lot of lead up to that. And then when you get to race week, our campers load in on, 
on Monday, which is very similar to March. But then throughout the week, we have a number of different activities and events that we're hosting throughout the Valley. We've got a golf tournament on Wednesday that benefits the Boys and Girls Club of the Valley. We have a new event that we're going to be doing Wednesday afternoon. It's a, a B2B networking event to just tell the story about NASCAR. There's you know, we're in a big market. There's still people that haven't um, participated in the event, and we want to tell our story and, and share all the great things that are happening in NASCAR. Thursday, we've got, obviously, Championship Four Media Day, a few other activations in the market. We have a kickoff party that night. We have a partner dinner. And then, you know, we all, we've, we've been um, having some fun here in the office. Like, by the time we get to race weekend, we have gone through, like, two race weekends because of all the activities we've got going on. And that's what's different, but it's, it's a lot of fun because there are a lot of people that want to participate and be part of the event and contribute and, and do what they can to support us. And we see that carry over to March. Um, you know, we sold out our March event this year for the first time in 15 years. And uh, I think that is a testament to the, the community we're in, our race fans, but also just to the industry and what championship has done. Um, I think it's elevated that March event as well. It's funny uh, to hear you talk about how by the time you get to race weekend, you've gone through and done everything. And, and I say it's funny because whenever folks ask me about my job and want to kind of like walk through the weekend, I say the same thing. I'm like, by the time you get to the race or race weekend, that's the easiest part. Cause then you just get to watch the folks. <laughs> we just got to run some races. You were named track president in 2018. If my memory serves me correct, uh, Explain what being track president entails for you. Maybe you're some of day-to-day versus weekend activities. I'm sure it's a lot on your plate and you probably have to oversee uh, many different departments and kind of really know everything that's going on, I would assume, with the racetrack. Yeah, my role really is kind of that conductor role, I guess, is I'm here. We've got an amazing team out here in the West region, both based here in Phoenix and at our sister track in uh, Auto Club Speedway. And, you know, they're working really hard on this event. I'm here to just to help guide, answer questions, um, but it is all aspects. So you think about the operational side, making sure the facility and the venue is ready to go. And then the event experience, we pride ourselves in delivering what I think is um, the best fan experience that you can find. We want to, every time you come to Phoenix Raceway, we want you to feel like it's a new experience. Even if you've been coming for 30 or 40 years, we want new things for you to do. So over like working with the team on that, ideating, and you know whether it's our sales team or marketing team, like just connecting with all of them, being a support, being, you know, being, like helping with answer questions or navigating different things as they pop up, you know, this time, like right now, this time is just a lot of like, we know what, what we've got going on. It's, it's all the last minute requests or needs or things that are like people want to add to the event that we're reacting to and, and bringing to life. So I'm a resource. I'm here for the team. I'm a cheerleader. Um, I'd say also the other thing that I love about my, I'm a race fan. So I'm excited to get to the racetrack every day. I grew up a race fan. I'm going to sit in the grandstands when the race starts. I do that every event. I sit with our fans and take that in and remind myself why we do what we do. Like, it's just, it's a great moment. So um, I'm looking forward to that. You sitting with the race fans, that's interesting. Does that also help give you an important perspective of maybe what they're experiencing, the conditions they're experiencing? I, you're shaking your head. So that that must yeah. help then bring some ideas to the table of how to make that fan experience better. 
Absolutely. I mean, the best way, like, I love immersing myself into the fan experience and being a fan with all of them, sitting with them, riding the escalators, walking the concourses. I am out in the campgrounds every night chatting with fans. Like, that's how we continue to improve and be better. And uh, I, you know, being visible and available, having those conversations, but then literally walking the same routes that they're walking and um, seeing what they're seeing. That's, we don't get to be everywhere on race weekend. Um, so I try to get to as many places as I can. And then, you know, making sure that we've got an open door with our fans where they are seeing things. If, if there's things that are going really well, if there's things that we need to work on for the future, uh, that's how we get better. So you saying you grew up a race fan answers my next question, because I wanted to back up from my research and hearing previous interviews, you grew up and are familiar with Wisconsin Dairy Farm and, and, and all of that. You were studying animal genetics. So I was going to ask why you went into racing, but I guess you already were familiar with the sport, but that is still quite a switch to go from a farm life and animal genetics to racing. It was, I'll tell you, you know, I, I, uh, I did, I grew up on a dairy farm and um, incredibly grateful for that. Um, now at the time I did not love it, but now looking back, uh, I'm very grateful that I did have that. And, um, you know, all I knew was, was agriculture. I mean, that was my life. That's what, so I went to college, was gonna work in agriculture, really was intrigued by the genetic side of things. Uh, did an internship one summer at Madison and sat behind a microscope for every day. All the, like it was, and after about three days, I was like, well, this is why people do internships because I do not want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, and it was a it was a great experience for me. And and getting back to school uh, that fall, we were our our college was opening a new uh, major uh, agriculture marketing, and uh, I loved kind of what they were like the vision they had for it. So I I switched my major, still in the ag world because again that's what I knew. But really, that was when I started in my eyes were open to the marketing, like really what that was. And that's when I really started thinking about, man, it'd be fun to work in racing. So yeah, I started uh, doing some networking and uh, sending my resume out. I got a lot of rejection letters uh, from some of our, uh, actually all of our racetracks, which I still have to this day, signed by uh, one person that actually hired me at Daytona. Um, there's a letter from Phoenix Raceway, a letter from Daytona. So yeah, it's, that's, I mean, it was just one of those like, hey, this would be fun. And here I am. I did want to know if you still had the rejection letters. I love that. And I won't put you on the spot, but it would be funny. You said some of those are, are signed by obviously racetracks you've been to. I would think depending on how many people are still around, maybe it's some people that you're still currently working with because that would oh, be for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so the funny part is I did not realize I kept them. I moved from Watkins Glen to Daytona in 2004. And during that move, I was just cleaning everything out and I found a, a folder called job letters. And I was like, what in the world is this? And I opened it up and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and there were letters that's they, like, it was every letter from the racetracks. Uh, there was one, I also, it was signed by Kenny Kane. He was at Phoenix Raceway at the time. Kenny um, hired me to actually go work at Daytona. Um, so I was moving to Daytona to go work for him, and he had sent me a rejection letter. Gillian Zucker is another one. Gillian's now obviously the president at the LA Clippers. She was at Kansas Speedway at the time. So I found those and uh, quickly took them in and made sure some of my uh, my counterparts had, knew that I had them and it was from them. Um, so I think the race fan in me kept them because I had a letter from a racetrack, right? Something with, <laughs> with the track logo on. 
Um, but they're fun now. I use them a lot in a lot of my conversations with uh, schools and, and kids just to, you know, persevere and not give up on your dreams. Yeah, I can relate to that. And I can relate to just early on in life, just wanting something from racing. Um, you mentioned Watkins Glen and then eventually went to Daytona. So it was around 2001. I think you had applied starting around 99, got the job at Watkins Glen in 2001. So you really came into the sport at an interesting time for the sport, because I think for most diehard race fans, you say 2001, everybody knows, you know, what happened in 2001 and the things, the way the sport was transitioning. So for you to come in and and that time period had to have been very interesting. It it really was in my very first race. So um, I started at Watkins Glen in January of 2001, Uh, spent about a week up there and then um, quickly got on an airplane and went to Daytona and spent a month at Daytona, worked the Rolex 24 and fell in love with sports cars uh, very quickly at that event and just that event in general. um, It's still one of my favorites to this day. And then obviously uh, my very first NASCAR race was the 2001 Daytona 500. And, you know, again, I was a race fan. I pulled into the parking lot with my car uh, in upstate New York in January with a, a driver number on my car. I mean, it was like, this was cool, right? So so here I am down in Daytona and all this was happening. And I mean, it was, it was one of those like, okay, this is like, this is real. And, you know, this is not what like, it's, it's not what I thought. And it was a very different time, but I, I learned a lot. Uh, Watkins Glen is a great place to work. And um, it's a great starting point for a lot of people. When you look at our track um, colleagues, a lot of us have started at Watkins Glen. Uh, you learn how to do a lot up there based on the number of events that they host and the facility and, and things like that. So grateful for that opportunity. It was a great training ground for me and it definitely helped kind of put me on my path uh, to Daytona. Working in NASCAR marketing, communications, all of that, now being track president, there has to be, again, some unique things this sport can throw at you, such as renovation projects and having to learn about construction plans. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I, uh, you know, I, my, I graduated with that marketing degree, spent most of my time in marketing communications, but Daytona, well, and Watkins Glen too, you know, again, I knew NASCAR, but both of those facilities, especially you look at the Daytona schedule and at World Center of Racing and like it's motorcycles and sports cars and so many different things. And those were things uh, like the Supercross event um, was quickly became one of my favorites to work on. Uh, the Rolex 24, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's nothing better than the Daytona 500 and the moment that the Thunderbirds fly over and, you know, you've got full grandstands, like there's just nothing better than that moment, outside of, of course, the start at Phoenix Raceway uh, Championship weekend. But, um, but to work on some of those other events and like to be able to learn, and then you talk about the construction side. So we worked on that renovation, uh, Daytona Rising, which we broke ground in 2013, I was in um, a marketing role at the time and over that three-year project, just kind of started really working closely with our design and construction team and became a little bit of a project manager, working with them on just different layouts and what we needed to do, process, getting um, floor plans and furniture selected and uh, paint colors, signage. Uh, I was responsible for all the signage as a property and there's over 10,000 signs I had to uh, work with our vendor to place them and write them and 
as the best way to learn the property. Like I, I still, every once in a while, someone will call and be like, Hey, do you know where this was? <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, that was, that was new for me. And then uh, when we opened Daytona in 2016, the design team asked me to join them full-time and kind of serve in that role for the Phoenix renovation that was just getting ready to, to start. And so I left the marketing world behind and jumped uh, straight into the construction world, um, which was very daunting. Uh, the first meeting I was in, uh, there were a lot of acronyms and things thrown out that I was just like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and uh, I, I started Googling a lot and uh, learning. Um, and the team was super helpful, helping me learn how to read construction drawings and and just helping me get up to speed. And it was, it, honestly, those two years were the, the best years to prepare me for my current role. And it helped me prove to myself that I can do anything that I put my mind to. Like, this is different, this is new, but it's gonna be okay. And I, I got it, so I'm grateful for it. You talk about those construction projects and we talked about now being president of Phoenix Raceway. Let's be honest, there has to be times where you probably wish you were back on the farm in the quiet and it's probably much quieter and calmer than what you're dealing with in racing. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, uh, sure, you know, but I, it's so funny though, like just driving out to the racetrack this morning. I mean, there's just nothing better than driving to a race track for work every day and whether we're hosting a concert or a Tough Mudder or a, a NASCAR race, there's just so many things that we have the opportunity to be part of. You know, I do make a trip to Wisconsin every once in a while, go spend a weekend on the farm and, and just enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I'm grateful for the opportunities. I love being out here. Um, and again, there's nothing better than driving to a racetrack every day for work. <laughs> Right. You're going to drive to a new racetrack soon. And I want to talk about that. But before we we do, um, that means you have to leave Phoenix. And one of the things that I believe you're going to be involved in uh, finding your successor at Phoenix Raceway, I believe. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'll tell you what, this has been a hard decision. And um, I'm, I'm so excited about NASCAR championship weekend, but I'm also, um, it's bittersweet and it's, it's going to be a hard weekend for me. I have, um, really our, our race fans are, um, an important part of, of my job and they've become a uh, family essentially. So, uh, you know, being able to have uh, a seat at that table and help choose who will, um, run Phoenix raceway moving forward is incredibly important. I want to make sure that you know the, all the things that this team has put in place continue to move forward and and it will we've got such a great group out here they're going to do amazing things I've, I've teased them i can't wait to come back in march and november and and just watch everybody in action and see them execute just the best events possible but it's important for me to make sure that you know the successor is somebody that is um, very accessible and can, can spend time with our fans spend time with our industry be be available and um, and be somebody that um, they can pick up the phone and call, send an email to, and just be able to bounce ideas off of. And you have to find, or you will be involved in finding your successor because Chicago Street Course is coming in July of 2023. You said there about it being a bittersweet decision. How much of it was your peers or, or colleagues or NASCAR saying, we really want you to do this versus you also kind of being drawn into doing something new and being involved in that you know I, I love a challenge um and I love to it, 
I love learning opportunities. And I think you look at the construction um, that and things, projects that I've been part of in the past, I really enjoyed building something um, and working with a team to kind of bring something new to life. And, you know, I think you look back at what we did at Daytona, like that was a tremendous challenge. And, you know, now you look at that place and it's just, it's beautiful. And you look at Phoenix Raceway and what we did here and what we've created, like being able to take my learnings from there to, to Chicago. And it's a whole other, I mean, it's something we've never done before. And that is, that's exciting. It's, it's proud. I'm proud to be part of that. I want to be part of that. Um, it's hard to leave Phoenix. Like, honestly, I never thought I, like, I love it here. And, um, and I love what we've got going on out here. The team's in a really good place. And, you know, the opportunity for me to get close to home, be a car ride from my family versus a plane ride that's been 20 some years since I've been able to say that, you know, that is incredibly appealing to me. And to just play a role in something that our sport has never done before is, is something I'm, I'm looking forward to. And so, yeah, it's, it's bittersweet, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about what's ahead. We've, there's a lot of positive momentum and excitement around that event. And I look forward to like creating something that we haven't seen before. I do want to focus more on the event, but let's get kind of one negative thing out of the way, which I'm sure you're well aware. There has been some negative blowback as well. How concerned are you um, in the meantime about if the event is going to be derailed for any reason, or is there anything you can do in the meantime to help kind of squash some of those concerns? Because as I said, I'm sure you're well aware there has been some negative uh, feedback as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know what you're talking about. And I think for us, it's, you know, there's a lot of information that we're working through that we can share. I think that will help help everyone understand what we're doing. Um, we have a tremendous support from the Chicago Sports Commission and the city of Chicago. At the core of it, the, when you have conversations with people in Chicago, business leaders, um, other just people that I've come um, in contact with, like there is an excitement. There's, there's, you know, definitely interest. There are a lot of questions, which I completely understand and things that we're going to work through, but, you know, we're committed to making sure that this is absolutely like the best event possible for the city of Chicago, for its residents and for our industry. You know, again, this is something we've never done before. We want to make sure we put our best foot forward and, you know, the opportunity to showcase Chicago and especially where we're racing. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful view, iconic with the skyline and the lake, Grant Park being what Grant Park is. So I think there's a lot of things, a lot of work to do, honestly, but I think when it, it's all said and done, it's going to be something that everybody's going to be incredibly proud of. And we're going to work really closely with everybody in Chicago to make sure it's, that we're answering those questions, that we're, you know, minimizing those disruptions. We understand this is different. Um, and we don't want this to be something that, you know, is causing just like a lot of negativity or distractions. We want this to be a positive. We want to celebrate Chicago. And that's really what my goal is and my task is. Is it true, Julie, that you were even involved um, in the initial, I guess, conversation or idea to see if it was even feasible to have uh, an event in Chicago? So we have a work group um, that was that has been working on just feasibility, right? On um, could this be done? And you know, led by Ben Kennedy and and his vision, 
um, a lot of different moving parts and pieces to, to just make sure this was something we could do. Um, obviously, it wouldn't have been possible without the Chicago Sports Commission and the city of Chicago and their court. Uh, and you look at this is, again, a product of where we are today, um, you know, a, an event like the iRacing race last year that really showcased what this race could look like. You know, you, you've not been able, we've not been able to do that before. And just to leverage that technology and that that resource that we have in our industry with iRacing to just show what it is um, and what it could be is tremendous. And so that those that's the type of technology that really helped us understand, okay, this is this, is, this can work and it helped, I think, the city understand that it can work um, and really just set us on a path for getting everything approved and here we are today. Something that I repeatedly came across in my research, whether it was stories about you or folks in the industry talking about you and even have people that have said to me is that if Julie is put on a project that you know it's serious and you know it's a it's a big deal. And I feel like that was a compliment to you. I feel like that was something to where it's like, okay, everybody knows she she's a big gun if, if her name is attached to it. How much for you, I'm, I'm sure that that means a lot, but does, is that also, even though you've been in the industry now for so long, I mean, that also has to be a little bit of a confidence booster, right? That people view you as someone because you've been attached to all these projects that, okay, we know it's going to be done right. If, if Julie is involved with it. Yeah, it's incredibly humbling. And I certainly am appreciative of all those kind words. And, you know, again, I go back to, I grew up on a dairy farm. Um, I have two parents that uh, know, have taught me the value of hard work. And when you're put on something, like you see it through to the finish and you give it your absolute best effort. And, you know, on a dairy farm, my brother and sister-in-law are on the farm now. Like you don't get a day off. Um, if something's broken, you have to figure out how to fix it, right? Um, and that's that's what our, our farmers do. And and so that's that's what I know. And that's how I approach things. You know, I I do appreciate all of all those kind words. Like we've got a great team. It's not just Julie. It's um, it's a number of individuals across our industry that are going to help bring this to life, as well as the city and all of our partners. So it's. It's nice to hear. And I mean, I, I can just tell you, like, I'm going to approach this like I have approached every uh, project I've worked on. I'm going to work incredibly hard, give it everything I got, and um, we're going to put our best foot forward for our industry. The hustle and just that that passion and, and I guess that uh, work ethic, you mentioned your parents there and kind of how you grew up. I'm imagining it all traces back to that. You've carried that into all the roles you've had. <laughs> It does. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, even still, like going back to the farm, uh, again, you, you don't have a day off. And I think our, the, you know, you, you just, we got up in the morning, went to school, came home, did chores and did your homework and then went to bed and like, you know, mom and dad are, are busy working on the farm all the, all the time. And um, you don't like, We've, we never went on family vacations, right? I mean, because somebody's got to milk the cows. And, and so, you know, that's, that's what I know. That's how I grew up. Um, and like I said earlier, like at the time as a kid, when you just want to go, you know, maybe hang out with your friends or go do other things, like it's, it's maybe not the most glamorous thing, but looking back on it now, and I've told my parents this, like it was the best possible way that I could ever imagine growing up. And it's made me who I am. It's just second nature to me. I'm not afraid of hard work. Like um, 
I'll jump in and do whatever we need to do to get the job done. A couple more things for you in talking about Chicago, um, again, being familiar with that Midwest area, you mentioned you're going to be closer, obviously, uh, it's, a, it's a home and where you come from. Is that going to be a benefit at all, Julie? Do you think of, of trying to put stuff together for this race? Will, will knowing the area, being familiar maybe with that market help in any way? I mean, I don't think it, it hurts. I will say it's been a long time since I've lived there. And um, I know, it, like, and spent time in Chicago. I've visited Chicago as tourists. I love going to the city of Chicago. I'm excited to be a resident of the city of Chicago. And, you know, I think, like, the the Midwest, the thing that I I believe and I've seen, I mean, again, that value of hard work. Like, it's, it's hard. And they just they're, they're great people. And I'm really excited to be back there. Um, I'm excited to just be able to get in the car and go home and be able to see my nephew show in some of his dairy shows and like, just do some of that, that I haven't been able to do as much, um, because I've, I've lived as far away as I have. So, so yeah, I, I'm just, I'm looking forward to getting back there. I'm sure the wheels are already turning. What's on the the top of mind of things um, that you know you need to do or important things to do uh, for that race when you really start to dig into it? Well, we're um, we've got a lot going on already. And um, first and foremost, you know, we are standing up an office in the city of Chicago, close to the park, and we're getting that off the ground. We're hiring a number of staff to work with us on the event. Um, having that local uh, knowledge is incredibly important to us. So, you know, bringing Chicagoans into to the team um, and helping, uh, having them help us execute it is incredibly important. And then I think, you know, just continuing to work through the details. This is, again, we're going to have a, a short window of time to, to put this together and then very quickly uh, to take it back down and make sure that we are doing it with as few disruptions as possible to the community. The other thing for me is just very similar to what I do here in Phoenix is, is building relationships and being accessible, listening to concerns, questions, ideas, all of those things. That's what I enjoy probably most about my job here at Phoenix. Um, and I'm looking forward to most at Chicago is just, you know, making those connections and being able to tie different elements of the city into the event. Uh, celebrating Chicago, and then again, just helping answer questions and arming everyone with the information. Yeah. All right. To wrap it up, we'll go back to where we started this conversation, which is leading into Phoenix, your final event there. What are just the, the, your hopes for that weekend, um, not only professionally, but personally, as you're going to take it in for the last time? So you mentioned earlier, uh, this is our third year of the championship. This is truly our first year to like host a championship that we wanted to host back in 2019 when we announced that championship was moving here. 2020, obviously, we all know what that looked like. We're grateful that we were able to still host it on time with a limited number of fans. Um, and last year, even, we were still navigating a few different things. So this year really is that first year to just showcase what Phoenix Raceway, the city of Avondale, the Valley, state of Arizona, what we do with big events. I'm really excited about that. I think Everyone has remarked, even that first year during the pandemic, just how great it was to be in a market that was excited to have the championship and all these signs and um, the, the way our, our community rallied around it. And that was, again, during a pandemic. I think when people get here this year and see just 
all the support and then just all the activities and things that we have going on. I think everyone's going to be really, really proud. We are. We're looking forward to hosting everyone. And for me personally, you know, I just, I want to soak it all in. I want to make sure I get, like, I'm going to be out in the campgrounds every night chatting with our fans. I usually will grab a Bill France cup and surprise a few campers and, and just, you know, have some good conversation and let them take some photos um, and just like walking the, the facility, being able to, our hauler drivers, when they come in for the hauler parade, that's one of my favorite things. They're so great. They drive through the campgrounds and, and just being able to say thank you to them and, and just seeing our industry, um, thanking them for all their, their support. Like it's just, it's all those touch points, um, stopping by the media center, saying hello to everybody. That's like, just seeing everyone is just so much fun. And that's what I'm most looking forward to both professionally and personally. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing you. I appreciate the time today. I can't wait to get to Phoenix. It's uh, it's wonderful out there. As you said, it's, it's a great atmosphere. And I'm sure I'll also probably see you in Chicago. I'm sure that'll be on the list for 2023. So Julie, I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. My thanks again to Julie for coming on the podcast. She was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it. Hopefully it lived up to everyone's hype. My thanks also to Matt Humphrey for making the approach and uh, coordinating the interview, getting that done. As I said, we didn't have enough time really to dig into everything of Julie's background because she's been to Daytona and Watkins Glen, as we touched on, all those projects she's been involved in, everything that has gone on at Phoenix the last couple years, completely transforming that racetrack and being the host of the season finale and going to Chicago. But hope you enjoyed it. Hope you'll leave a rating and review. You can reach out to me on social media to let me know what you think. My Twitter handle is at Kelly Crandall. Leave a rating, as I said, review. Hopefully it's five stars. That helps a ton with the podcast. Helps spread the word and get it to as many feeds as possible. You can also go to Facebook to leave some feedback. You'll see links there for racer.com and the podcast, Instagram, LinkedIn. I am all over the place. It is not hard to find me and let me know what you think. I love to hear the feedback. There has been some great comments lately uh, because there's been a lot of really great conversations. Last week we had Andrew Combs, the chef from Stuart Haas Racing. It was really cool to see the reaction and the feedback to that episode and everyone who learned something about what goes on in the garage. We've had NHRA drivers on this year. We've had a little bit of everybody so I hope you are enjoying it and let me know what you think after each episode. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, right there on your listening, wherever you are listening on the app. Uh, Leave me feedback, ratings, and reviews. You can also support the podcast through Patreon. That is uh, patreon.com forward slash Kelly Crandall. That is bonus content, show notes, previews, know who the guests are going to be, so much more. Hope you go over there and check it out. That is patreon.com forward slash Kelly Crandall. And that is all for this week, another episode in the books. Thank you so much for the continued support. It means a ton. And I will see you next time right here on the Racing Writers Podcast. <laughs>